Um, try like rubbing on it and stuff that could help or shaking your arm out like this might help, but it should go away in the next day or two. Yeah. My mom said hers hurt for like three and a half days, three or four mm -hmm. days. The first, the next day after my first shot, that was the worst. And then it at, gradually got better and better. And now you would never know. Yeah. They say just keep moving it and then it yep. goes away. Yep. It does seem to move help. it. Got to rub it out. Just got to rub one out. You'll be fine. Yep, there you go. Hey, Byron. Hello. You've got to move it. Move it. You've got to move it. Don't move it. Testing. Man, testing. That, that Sartor's chime, that, that shit brought back some, like, like core memories, memories man. <laughs> oh, that's my, uh, that's my text oh. ringtone. Yeah, you should hear my text <laughs> ringtone. Tony, text me. What? Oh. This will bring back memories for you, Byron. Un momento. Poor flavor. Oh, the aim yeah. sound? No, it was the, yeah, the aim sound. Yeah. <clears throat> the olden, ye oldie, AOL instant. Hey, man, like, aim was a significant portion of our, like, development cycle. Oh, hell oh, yeah, fuck it was. yeah. That was, like, I, I still to this day think that aim was probably the most uh significant invention of our young lifetimes that that and life journal yeah yeah definitely life journal yeah i um, would uh i would uh add icq to that as well well i just mean like incident messaging apps because like that That's shit didn't exist yeah mm -hmm. at all prior to that like We're... like you could send messages through uh you know <laughs> well through email but i mean email was never treated the same way no. um and especially since like most people had like storage limits on email so like um to really talk to people you had to go to bbs's bbs's or or like there just wasn't any sort of like quick text communication that wasn't literally just writing someone a fucking letter you know um and then we were pretty much we were pretty much the first ones to grow up with that. So. Well, not only that, but we also fell into that same mindset of curating it as well for ourselves. For example, you had the away messages. Mm -hmm. So you oh, would yeah. always put something thought provoking or a song lyric or whatever the Man, fuck. Yeah, I was thought. all was like, about cool. switching up that song lyric. Like, I never used the same song lyric. I changed that shit up like every day because yeah. I was like pretentious somebody, as fuck. <laughs> yeah, and if you knew somebody specific that was on that would see it, you would change it oh, so that God, it referred seriously. to something between them. It was just, it was all manipulation. And I think Tony, that- is did you ever see about. the computer setup that I had in my house? No. If I did, I don't remember. Do you, I, I think you may have seen it once. Uh, I, so- my computer setup when I was a teenager was literally in uh, a closet underneath the stairs. Okay, Harry, Harry Potter. Potter. <laughs> yeah. I swear to God, I'm not making that up. My like, because uh, my parents were worried that I was doing nefarious shit on my computer in my room, <laughs> so they took my computer out of my room and put it in into a place that they could literally just open the door anytime. Um, wow. Uh, mind you, I was doing exactly the same shit that I was doing on my computer in my room, uh, in the fucking closet. <laughs> uh, 
But yeah, if you had uh, access it was just to... the added risk of somebody walking in on you. Yeah, definitely. Oh, that made even... That even better. That's real. <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah. If we were a teen, if we were as teenage boys, if we had access to a computer behind any closed door, <laughs> yeah, seriously, yeah, uh, socks were being destroyed. <laughs> so one time, there's actually a funny story about this. Is um, uh, there was a period of time when uh, when I was a freshman, while I was still at Eastlake, before I went to Benita, um, where my parents just really thought I was on drugs, but I was not um and wouldn't be for years to come uh but they were convinced because i was hanging out with the bad kids uh or you know some of them they were just fine they were just as like anyways uh so one time we were in homeroom um and uh i was hanging out with these guys and i went into a science class with them as for homeroom and but it, I wasn't supposed to be there because you were supposed to go to your you're supposed to go to one of your classes, not your friend's classes. But people did this all the time where they would sort of finagle it, you know. Um, so I went to a science class that I didn't usually I didn't have. And I was there and I was like, I found this pair of tweezers on um, like science tweezers. I don't know uh, that they were using for lab stuff. Science uh, tweezers. Yeah, science tweezers. Um <laughs> for that they use in the labs and they were just sitting on the desk and I was fucking with them all throughout this period of 50 minute, you know, long thing. And I was with friends and I just absentmindedly, it ended up in my hand as I was leaving the lab. Like it was in, I was still fucking with it. And then I was outside of the class and I was like, Oh shit, I still have these tweezers. So I accidentally stole the the tweezers. So I was like, "I I don't know what to do with these tweezers. So I just put them in my backpack and, um, I got home. Anyways, uh, I was going through my backpack and I was like, oh shit, I still have those tweezers that I accidentally stole from that lab. Uh, not the and so science I, tweezers. Yeah, not the science <laughs> tweezers. So I, I just put them on my computer desk because I didn't know what the fuck to do with them. Uh, and then they just sat there for weeks, weeks. Um, totally, completely forgot about them. Then a couple, uh, like maybe a, m- a month and a half after this happened, my stepmother, um, Joe came came up to me and she was like, "Hey, I found your roach clip." <laughs> and I was like, my, "My what? My what? What's a what the fuck is a roach clip? I don't even know what a roach clip was." And she's like, "I know you're I know you're smoking weed. I know you're doing drugs." Oh, and I was what? just like, "Well, I'm not." <laughs> you're, you're doing the dope. And she's like, the "I found your roach." And then she pulled him out in the tweezers and I found your roach clip. And I was just like, "Those are tweezers." <laughs> and i was like so annoyed because like i wasn't even get doing drugs but i was getting yeah. trouble in trouble for it yeah. like we're skipping the fun part here yeah exactly <laughs> like at least if i'm gonna get in trouble for doing drugs i want to get high you know yeah. this is how you start doing drugs is people accusing you of doing drugs when mm-hmm. you're not doing drugs so then you might as seriously well do i was drugs. like fuck you i will do drugs <laughs> <laughs> anyways i've always thought that was a funny story Oh man. Anyway. Yeah, we are the we are the generation of um of ASL. <laughs> hey, oh, that, that doesn't stand man. for our American mean, Sign Language kids. To be fair though, like did you even really ever do ASL? Yep. Yes. I uh, 
I was a frequent a- AOL chat room member As in the I. mid-90s. I mean, I was too, but I was also like a literal child. Like, I was like eight, nine years old when I was doing shit like that. And yeah, in retrospect, so like, what the fuck? <laughs> I, I, don't, I didn't... I, was probably I used to go into like, the X-Files well, and the, the Star Trek like um, yeah, RPG, RPG rooms um, on AOL chat. Yeah, I was probably like 12, 13, 13 when I really started getting into like finding random group chats and shit on there. Uh, oh, man, I was doing that like young, like. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I was Windows. I, I was Windows 95 in that shit. <laughs> All uh, those AOL, di- AOL free, free hours discs. Yep. Mm-hmm. Accumulating that shit. Gotta use those hours. First, it was floppies. Then it was CD. Mm-hmm. First time I installed AOL was on floppy. Wow. Dear God. <laughs> oh, man. Well, um, if you want to jump right in, I do have uh, a blast from the past sort of topic I was going to bring up. Um, I've been meaning to talk to you guys just because it's been like kind of like in the news lately. Um, well, uh, NFTs for one thing, which is kind of fungible, un, you know, a whole nuts topic in and of itself. But uh, but before we get into that, as far as like collectibles in general, there were two um, major auctions that uh, popped up on all the geek websites from this past week because a sealed. Super Mario Brothers NES cartridge. Oh, I saw this. oh yeah, I saw this. Sold Six, for six hundred and sixty thousand dollars. <laughs> you know, I'm actually a little surprised that we haven't broken the million dollar mark yet. Yeah, because like there are a lot of Silicon Valley motherfuckers with with significant chump change, you know, going around yeah. that you know, like we're doing pong with their pops in 19 like 74 i think if a new uh track and field shows up if one of the unaccounted for track and field shows up then that one will hit over a million dollars over a million that i agree with yeah that makes sense yeah because there's there's something like what 10 of those that are unaccounted for what about the world the the world championship i think they're all accounted for the 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 world champions are from 93 or 94. Yeah. I think those are all accounted for. Do you I know think what it's we're just the track about, and field. Tony? So there was a version of track and field that came out that uh, there was only like, I don't know, a hundred or 200 copies ever made of it or something like that before it got replaced by the, the new track and field. Mm-hmm. And then there's also the Nintendo world championship cartridges. So oh, that were, that were only used in the, Oh, in the, the, yeah. like championships. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I believe it's the 94 one, which is the most rare. Yeah, so yeah. those are like the two rarest uh, NES cartridges. I mean, we're getting into, we're getting into the point now, and I'm, I've been, because I've been um, slowly but surely slightly getting into game collecting. Um, we're getting into the point where it's like becoming like classic cars and shit, where uh, the people the people who grew up with this stuff are becoming geezers. And have uh, a <laughs> less disposable income than our parents, definitely, but um, a certain amount of disposable income where they can 
start collecting these things that they grew up with, uh, you know, like collecting baseball cards in in the you know from the forties and fifties. So yeah, like, because the modern baseball cards have pretty much no value because even yeah, rookie I mean, cards. But like video games, uh, I mean, I off the top of my head, I can tell you a dozen video games which are worth more than a hundred dollars. Yeah. In you know. Or uh, funny enough, uh, I know you're talking about it's more like the older generation, you know, collecting this shit. But funny enough, I actually heard that news, this auction news from uh, this um, uh, stocks guy, this finance guy that I follow on uh, on Instagram. Uh, this guy goes by financialism. Um, and he's actually a young, he's like early, mid 20s. Um, but he um, he does the same stuff that I do, like the smart investing for the long term. Uh, buy and hold index funds all that shit uh, and he trains people to do that um i'm fucking jealous of him because he is way the whole thing is you just you just put money in and sit on it right yep. yeah 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 i don't do any day trading or anything it's yeah. just like it's like a big savings account for me my dad was a broker so my dad worked for Payne weber and merrill lynch so i grew up with that's the only option yeah <laughs> like you don't you don't try to day trade that shit that's how you lose all your money well, there's been so many. I mean, Warren Buffett himself, uh, like, uh, famously came out and said, like, he he made a, a million dollar bet. I think it was for for a million uh, some years back, and told like the all of the would be like experts and day traders out there, like, you try to you try to outperform me with my just index funds, just buying and holding index funds over like a ten year. Not, not gonna happen. None of them did. Yeah, no, yeah. not at all. Um, but anyway getting off to the side here uh this this guy that i follow this kid um he is 25 year old or whatever he also on the side though he doesn't do the day trading but he has a pension for collectibles and so he he was reporting on all this shit not just the uh the nes thing the super mario brothers one but also uh just a day later or a couple days later this past week um he's huge into pokemon cards and he occasionally will um go by uh some valuable ones or what he thinks is going to be valuable in the long run. But yeah, that's it, been the big thing on Twitch lately is opening uh, yes. Pokemon Even packs. On Instagram. Yeah. It's yeah. Everywhere. YouTube channels. Uh, just guys who just, it's open. just like, so, <laughs> okay. So I uh, have, I was, I, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, but what I was going to get to was that another uh, eBay auction ended uh, just a few days ago and it was a 1999 holographic Charizard first edition. That sold for let's three. wait let's guess let's guess oh oh shit well i just said a number but go ahead oh. i was gonna say thirty thousand. you're a little off there 3.2 million dollars no no that's no that's we're, too we're not in the millions <laughs> yeah we're not we're not talking about a black lotus here Three hundred thousand. Three hundred and eleven thousand eight hundred. jesus yeah fucking bananas uh, and so did you, did you ever think those pokemon players from high school would ever be raking in the millions now yes actually <laughs> <laughs> so i i i have an issue with the idea of collecting because the way that i come about collecting is that I like collecting from like a cultural historical standpoint. Like mm -hmm. I think it's important for this stuff to be documented because I, 
I see video games as like very culturally relevant. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I think video games will only become more culturally relevant over time, not less. Uh, in fact, I think that video games are going to become more culturally relevant than films and television yeah. um, eventually. Uh, but I don't really understand the, the idea of collecting something because it's going to be valuable. I, I guess that that's just not the way that my mind works. When I when I'm like I, I've I've gotten a small collection of Switch games, and the ones that I collect are the ones that I know that I'm gonna play, <laughs> uh, or that I know that I'll want to play someday. I'm not gonna collect something just because it's rare. I, I think the only exception to that really for me was that Super Mario Brothers um, All-Stars release, 3D All-Stars. And that was mainly just because I knew it was, they told us that it was going out of print. And I knew, and it has happened, that it went on, they stopped selling it April 1st. And within a couple days, you can already, there are already people scalping it for over $1,000 on eBay. Just less than a week later. Yep. So... I didn't want to pay that. I wanted the title and I didn't want to pay that. So I yeah. bought it now. Um, but yeah, um, uh, as you were saying, like you, in your mindset, you collect for the cultural value for the purpose of the, of the item or the, the piece of art. Not because I want to sell it someday and make a, a fortune no. on it because I'm, I'm probably not going to do that. No. Which rolls into the massive debate right now, the controversy over... NFTs and NFT items, NFT arts and music and shit that people are um, essentially trying to get rich quick off of is what it seems, or that's the criticism uh, against it. Like there's uh, all these, there's, it seems like there's artists especially are really split. There's some that are really buying into it. And, uh, and it took me a while to wrap my head around it. I'm still like, I feel like I half understand what the fuck it is, but essentially it's using the same, uh, the non-fungible token that the the technology that Bitcoin uses essentially to uh, have digital items serve. If you purchase an NFT, uh, you are owning that item that you're owning the item with like the art or whatever the music album whatever the fuck it is and that same token also serves as like a certificate of authenticity uh, of its own uniqueness which kind of makes no sense because like you can make an nft out of fucking anything like you can make an nft of the image of the the neon cat i think somebody has by now uh but just the fact that you own that one token makes it that one unique token and supposedly creates a, a rare item. It creates that scarcity so people start bidding for it left and right. And it supposedly skyrockets in value. I think I'm getting that right. I'm not quite sure. Yeah, but, I, don't, I, don't underst- I don't understand how the marketplace works yet. So uh, I'm not able to... Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't... I literally don't know how the the transactional element works. So I don't know how the, anyone is, I don't ha- understand how the, they're skyrocketing in value so quickly. And I don't yeah. understand how that money is getting back to the content creator themselves. 
I guess um, for me, I just don't see any difference in that versus you literally making a song and selling it to some dude. Like, just like, here's the USB file with a song on it. Or because he's actually well, because it can be copied. He's actually creating the the song of an actual new piece of content. This NFT stuff is not new content. It's like digital representation of current content or already created. Well, I, I think what the I think what the idea behind it is that the NFT will be used to create new content. It right now people aren't using it to create new content really i mean some people are but some people aren't like krinsky just put out uh, an nft of one of his drawings you know yeah and he, and he tried to explain it a bit to me that uh, i believe every time that item uh gets repurchased or changed changes hands that particular nft um the original owner gets a cut of that value i believe i mean I'm all for I'm all for people getting paid for their work and especially content creators um, that, uh, you know, the music industry, Spotify has, you know, devastated the music industry in after having saved it. Um, and there's not a really good way for artists to authenticate their work. Uh, so like, a, a, especially digital artists, they get fucking ripped off constantly. Like, Oh yeah, like digital, like literal, like <clears throat> digital visual arts. They get ripped off constantly because there's not a good way to protect encrypt a JPEG, you know, because that shit can be cracked very, very easily. Yeah. Um, NFTs, it seems like it's very difficult to crack, and but this is also where I'm skeptical. It's difficult to crack for now. <laughs> <laughs> How long did it? take for them to crack hdcp when that shit first came out it was like less than a year yeah i've seen uh, um, like bits of, of uh, like ranting posts from little indie artists online and um it it seems like the uh the going theme i keep hearing is that um number one it's very speculative speculative just like the value of bitcoin yeah. Um, so it's kind of building. A system so it's incredibly volatile. Yeah. So it's kind of building a system where uh, many can get screwed and uh, and a few and will and, and will. A, yeah. And a few and lucky will. souls will get get rich quick. So it's a pyramid um, scheme then. Yeah. Yep. That's. I mean, you just described a pyramid screen, from, scheme. Yeah. What that? I'm. So from what I'm reading, I'm. I actually looked up and explained like I'm five. Uh, uh, version of this from what i'm <laughs> reading it's just essentially making limited editions of virtual objects because virtual objects are thought. yeah are easily like you can copy virtual objects easily but this is is the way to make virtual objects like collector's editions or exclusive editions something like you can how you can get an author to sign your book that becomes a, that that makes that book special, <clears throat> unique amongst all of the different paperbacks. Whereas this, it's a way for the author to sign their digital copy. So then, how are the unique. creators making a tons of money off of their work right now? Is it just that these are famous creators who are selling them to people who have the money to buy the them at high prices? 
Pretty much, yes. Imagine so, yeah. Okay, so it's it's like a it's like art hanging in a gallery. Then <clears throat> it's yeah. it's literally the artist's signature and someone who really really likes that piece of art and says, "I'm gonna want to have a Warhol one day." Yeah. Uh, they buy it at what they think is a fair cost. So there's a lot of criticism um, in that respect. Going back to what you were saying. Uh, collecting for the sake of the cultural value and appreciating the art versus collecting it because I want to turn it for a profit. You know? Yeah. Um, there's that. There's also uh, environmental impacts uh, with, and that goes with any blockchain um, yeah. because of you know, the intense server load that that creates. I mean, this seems like it's less intensive though, because it's not constantly mining the algorithms yeah i guess so i think uh because you're just encrypting it once you're not trying to decrypt something right as far as i know <clears throat> huh. well so that was a big long chat of us being speculative about what the fuck it is <laughs> about none of <laughs> us knowing it. any of it well i mean <laughs> I, I think we got to a we got to a point of elucidation here where we yeah. you know started off with some mysticism and now it's uh yep. We're learning about blockchain. Or, uh, we're learning about NFT. They did a like pseudo skit about it on SNL like two weeks ago. It still oh, didn't yeah. make much sense. It. But it was funny as hell. Yeah, they did a little <laughs> bit of that. We should have had Sean on for this discussion. <laughs> anyway, now that we've kind of shat on it, uh, please go buy our friend's art and music because he's rad and you should support small indie creators. <laughs> Don't go buying the multi-million dollar gallery bullshit. Just uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna invest in the the, the blockchain art and the NFT art, uh, go for the little guy. Buy or local. Buy local, yes. Buy exactly. your friend's art. Yes. Jesus. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> uh, and if you do have a sealed copy of the uh, NES 94 World Championship... Um, Definitely just mail it to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mail it to any, any of us uh, to getting off topic. Just DM us and uh, yeah, <laughs> send it our way. <laughs> uh how the hell are you guys what's uh happy easter by the way if that's anybody's thing here uh, uh i went to <laughs> i went to easter at my parents house so it was the first time we've like had a holiday with them because my entire family except for me is vaccinated at this point so oh wow um, that's good nice. yeah todd got his uh yesterday I got microchipped yesterday, and yep. Uh, yep. and I'll be getting got, mine. My first that, one that that government tracker. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that Bill Gates, uh, Bill Gates tracker right up in me. Yep. So he can watch us all fucking jerk so he can off or whatever. Transmit the devil straight into your brain. Uh -huh. <laughs> that that you, evil you, devil who wants to mind control us into being more environmentally responsible and uh, <laughs> and, so, so my, and curing my diseases. Uh-huh. I actually talked to my aunt and my mom earlier today and I had mentioned that I was vaccinated or at least I got the first one. And of course my aunt asked me, well, do you plan on having children? Cause they're all anti, you know, vaccination. COVID. Yeah. And I plan on giving them my antibodies. Well, <laughs> I told her, I was like, no, I don't plan on having children. And I, and even if this causes me infertility, bring that shit on. <laughs> I don't it's like not, it. It's not going to cause you infertility. No, it's not. Jesus. But there's like totally buy into all the conspiracies with the vaccines. So their whole argument. Yeah. I'm just saying it now. And I, I just found the out. The human race is 
fucking doomed. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I just found out my sister is among, among the same mind. She is not taking it, and she's not giving it to her kids. So my nephews are not going to get vaccinations. Oh, you know, I'm at the point where I, I'm, I, I checked out of arguing with people months ago, you know, or, or being upset about the state of the world. Like, I'm live and let live, or live and let die, actually. Um, and if it, and if any conspiracy theories come my way, you just roll with it. Like, you know, like, yes, I am microchipped and I'm very happy that I'm microchipped. Uh, Bill like Gates the, can control my mind and getting a more efficient car and, uh, and recycling more. It's just <laughs> the way that they look at you like, like, oh, you sheeple. And it's just like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Pretty much. It's, Just because you the, saw that X Files episode where they said that everybody got the fucking alien thing from the polio vaccine doesn't mean you're <laughs> fucking enlightened, okay? Hey, Meg hasn't watched it yet. Spoilers <laughs> for that twenty-year-old show. 20. It's like season three. <laughs> I don't even know if I, I don't even think it's season three. I think it's season two. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm excited to rewatch that with Meg. At the same time, I'm like. Man, they really shit the bed later on with the mythology. It just got to the point where it made absolutely no sense. But yeah, no, I mean, they, they he, I mean, they almost quite literally contradict them themselves at least three, three or four times. And then yeah. with the reboot series, did you watch the reboot series? Yes, I did. He pretty much was like, "Oh yeah, all that shit that we told you before, that was all a lie." Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we actually watched the reboot Or series. was it? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, anyway. Those, I love those. Uh, before they did the TV reboot series, the, the two of them, I enjoyed the, the IDW comics. Yeah. Which continued, the story, continued the story in a much more... Um, um, respectful manner? Respectful manner, yeah. And cohesive yeah. manner. It's so funny. It's like... Uh, if it, the the creators of that comic were being like really faithful to the to this the mythology but and chris carter's just like leroy jenkins <laughs> yeah well his problem was he could never settle on anything because he just wanted it to keep going forever <laughs> he like always he had a better idea it. he always yeah. had a better idea yeah he always wanted to continue it stretching the conspiracy to go on and on and never have a definite end which made it terrible because have you it ever, feels like this should have an end here and we should get some resolution he's like what nah so Robert have i ever told you about the yeah. the x-files <laughs> resistor well, even, even serve game for ps2 what's up have i ever told you about the x-files resistor serve game for ps2 oh yeah we've had many a conversation like about su survival horror one anyways yeah. uh people out in in listening land it, it, if you find a copy of that send it to me Yes. Or uh, make it an NFT. <laughs> uh, well, I got a couple of random bits of news, uh, TV and movies. Uh, first one I was a little excited about because it's one of my current favorite shows. Uh, Byron, have you watched What We Do in the Shadows, the television show? I have, yeah. Oh, it's so good! The movie is, the movie is like straight up top 10 favorite movies of all time. Uh, and the show is definitely up there, though I still like the movie more. Um, yeah, I think they're on the par with each other. I think they're so they complement each other so well. Yeah, they do. 
Oh, yeah. it's just wonderful. And I mean, Jackie, Jackie Daytona is the shit. <laughs> well, that's part of uh, the update that we saw. They better week. bring Mark Hamill back for that shit. Oh, fucking, that's so great. <laughs> what was it? at the end of it? He ends up like coaching the volleyball team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> love it so much uh well so there was a uh there was like a virtual panel um with the producers and whatnot this past week and um they uh, the writers acknowledged that well right now they're they're writing uh the third season right now the production was originally geared to start in february but got delayed to later this year um but they did comment on the whole jackie daytona phenomenon and how much everybody just <laughs> fucking loved that episode so hard uh they're they said they're they're not there's no plans to bring him back because i mean by the end of the episode his he's you know his cover's blown he's i just love the fact here. that he takes the toothpick out and they recognize him and he puts the toothpick back in <laughs> and they don't know who he is <laughs> yeah <gasps> Oh, that was Mark Hamill. That's right. That was yeah. it. Fooled Mark Hamill. Um, and and I, I'm just but, generally like, I love Mark Hamill. I've always been a super huge Mark Hamill fan. And yeah. so anything that he does, anytime I'm seeing him in like popular culture, I'm just like, fuck yeah. Yeah. That's he's not just, one of those just guys, voice acting, you know? Yeah. He's just one of those guys, you know, like some of those older actors from shit that we love. It's always great to see the ones who are still having fun like they're still having fun oh, yeah. doing the random appearances and the geeky fun <laughs> shit like there's some of them like you know like the harrison fords or like any litany of Fuck people harrison are... ford he's an asshole i've heard he's gotten better uh, since his since his multiple plane incidents he's uh, i think he has a, a newfound appreciation <laughs> maybe yeah life. maybe those concussions knock some sense back into him <laughs> i think so uh but uh but yeah, it's always nice to see like the Mark Hamels who are just seemingly up for anything. Like, yeah, I mean, wanna... he was up for anything way back then too because he did the Giver. So, <laughs> oh God, Giver. I yeah. think I think also one of the other greater moments in the last season of what we do in the shadows was the Vampire Council. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, that, like that all was... of the people that they were able to secure. All the like famous cinematic vampires were yeah. just amazing. That was just so brilliant. Yeah. Wasn't Wesley Snipes blade in there? I think I don't remember if he's actually first... in it or not. Maybe that was the end of the first season. Whenever they had, yeah, there was a, a whole bunch of movie vampires, whatever, anyway. Um, but it, what what I was gonna get back to was uh they acknowledged like the the fan craze over the whole Jackie Daytona thing. And they said, there's no plans to revisit that, you know, storyline because, you know, it's done, but that has definitely inspired the writing for season three. And so they're, they're giddy about they're taking uh, more risks. Yeah. Doing more weird one-off wacky adventures like that. I think that's, I think that's smart because, um, <clears throat> it's very easy for a show like that to get stuck in a rut. Yeah. And uh and I think the more outlandish stuff re is part of why the show works. Like uh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um I want to rewatch it now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we can. Um in uh like the werewolves, right? The werewolves in the movie are like werewolves. the best part of the movie. Yeah. Werewolves, you not know. werewolves. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
uh, in uh, other horror-related news. So Stephen Yun is blowing up. He's uh, he's nominated for Best Actor for that. Yep. Uh, for Minari. For Minari, yeah, which I want to see. Uh, but it was announced that he has joined uh, Jordan Peele's next horror movie. That's There's cool. A- I'm really excited for that. Yeah. That's a he, good you know I, I watched uh I watched Mayhem. Oh yeah. Oh so good. Yeah, that was good. I watched it this week and it was better than I anticipated actually. I was not very cuz it it reminded me a lot of that other office based horror movie that came out literally the same year. There, yeah, um, I remember hearing about that. I haven't even talk about movie. it in the Joe Bob episode. Yeah. Uh, and I saw that and it was terrible and I was like I don't want to go through that again. But <laughs> It was actually real good. I, now, when I, you watched Mayhem, did you watch the Joe Bob version or just? Regular? I watched the Joe Bob version. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I I, I freaking love Stephen Yoon. I mean, uh, I feel like I feel like Stephen Yoon is a dude that we all, especially because he's he's like our, he's our age, mm-hmm. and he's nerdy like us he's like we saw him we saw ourselves in him in walking dead he was very much like the audience surrogate he's a good person uh especially his character you know and that comes through in his acting you know steven yoon had to have some of those traits as an actor to be able to portray them that well in the show yeah um and everything that i've ever heard from him is he's incredibly thoughtful he's he's brilliant he's compassionate he has deep respect for his his colleagues but he also has lots and lots of fire and drive under him and you can tell yeah and uh he just reminds me of friends of mine he reminds me of some of my closest friends i love him to death i i i want him to be the most successful actor on the planet yeah he's a good he's a good one uh, so he's going to be in that new Jordan Peele project. They haven't said anything about what it's about yet, but uh, they're working on it. Yeah, and... I was I was sort of like looking through that Hollywood Reporter variety article for any any like nugget for what possibly it could be about, but there was nothing. Yeah, it's under wraps so far. Uh, Daniel, Ka- so you pronounce it Kaluuya, will also be in that as well. Um, who was that's cool. So they're reuniting. Yeah, the main guy in Get Out with Jordan Peele's Get Out. And what'd you guys think? What'd you guys think of? Um, uh, the second one um, oh, um us I, yeah i didn't like it uh, meg says she didn't like it i i enjoyed it i don't think you i it was as strong as get out but i still found it very interesting and creative um yeah i i really really liked it i i i was a little bit it was a little bit obtuse you know but you know that was sort of the intention but i really i really enjoyed it it was also interesting cuz the year that i saw it uh, they also did at Halloween Horror Nights. One of the houses was an us house, oh. um, and so that was that was fun. It worked better than you would think as a haunted house. <laughs> All right, yeah. Ooh. Um, this might uh, excite you guys, but I still have to dive into the world of The Witcher. That's uh, we're actually going to jump on that show as soon as we're oh. done we are so close to finishing supernatural we've got like a season and a half <laughs> but uh the witcher season two officially wrapped filming 
And they announced that, uh, or they let slip in a little behind the scenes video online that they're adapting the Blood of Elves storyline, which I'm not it's familiar with. The novels. Oh yeah. Yeah. So how how um how much crossover do the books and the and the games have? There's a fair amount of crossover, um, especially character wise. Uh, all the major characters from the games are from the books. Okay. Uh, so there, there's a decent amount of crossover, and because uh, I played we, the first game and part of the second one, but I haven't played the third one yet. But they are adaptations from the books. They're not straight. Like my my nephew is really he's like twenty, I believe. Um, uh, uh might be twenty one. Um, he's super into The Witcher. Like very, very much into The Witcher, hmm. and has been for a while. He like he he was reading the books in high school. Nice. Cool. I have half of them on audiobook, so eventually I I will get around to them. Got to spend my Audible credits on something. <laughs> That's not Star Wars books. <laughs> I have every Star Wars book that I want. <laughs> I, I have I have so many Audible credits. You get one, well, you get one a month, and I keep letting them build up. So I have like 30 books that I need to listen to, and I have six credits right now. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's cool. Um, there is a animated film for Batman The Long Halloween coming. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, it's a, it's a two-part one, too. Yeah, yeah, like they did... Um, um, Dark Knight Returns uh, part one and two uh, but uh, speaking of Supernatural our Jensen Eccles uh, will be Batman slash Bruce Wayne what? yeah oh yeah, my God, he, my heart didn't he hurt. already play a character in he was uh, Jason Todd Jason Red Todd Hood that's right in the 2010 uh, Under the Red Hood movie as well and, Under the Red uh, Hood is real good I haven't seen that one yet Real um, good, and actually, in fact, um, it's it's one of the best. It's one of the best DC animated movies. Okay, I have somewhere. I have. I think I have a Gmail draft saved of all the ones I haven't watched yet. The I have a laundry list of them to get through. There's a lot of them now because they 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 put out effectively. I think it's two a year at this point. Oh geez, yeah, wow. might be even more than that. It might be three a year. Yeah, and uh, on a uh, on a sadder note, uh, Naya Rivera. Um, the uh, Glee star who passed away uh, last July uh, was actually working on this project. She completed her voice work as uh, Selena Kyle. Um, So she will posthumously be in that as well. For both parts? Um, Doesn't say. Don't know if she completed the voice work for both parts or just one. So so the long Halloween is an interesting... The Long Halloween is an interesting thing because I think it's probably one of the best standalone Batman stories. It's all, it's one that I highly recommend new readers read because it's it's complete. It's a it's fairly comprehensive in terms of the characters, and uh, it's just really well told, and the art is fantastic. So yeah. it's like, and and there's a little bit of a a there's it's Tim Sale and Jeff Loeb, and. Uh, it's there's Long Halloween and then there's Dark Victory, which is a, a sequel. Um, and then 
after that, they did uh, a Catwoman book. I can't remember what it's called. Um, that takes place in that same sort of not universe, but like mini universe. And then there were two prequels to it that uh, they're not really prequels. They were just stories that came out before the long Halloween that were literally just Halloween one shots that came out in like October. Mm. Um, and I think it's called Batman haunted something. I can't remember what it's called, uh, but it's really good. Um, I strongly, strongly, strongly recommend that people read them because they're fantastic. Wasn't the long Halloween um, the one? A lot of elements were taken out of that for uh, Nolan's uh, Batman Dark Begins. Night. Yeah. So, so the uh, the the, um, the visual of of uh, Scarecrow on the horse breathing yeah. fire mm -hmm. that's taken directly from the Long Halloween. Um, right. And there's also a lot of uh, speculation that this new Batman movie, The Batman, is taking a more, more direct uh, adaptation um, or Long at Halloween. least m much more direct influence from The Long Halloween uh, than even Batman Begins did. Because it's been noted that at least a portion of the movie actually takes place during Halloween because there were pumpkins visible on set yeah all right so there, there's some speculation that uh riddler is sort of taking over the role of calendar man in that narrative though the riddler is also in that book too uh, yeah. but i think they're sort of going the calendar man route all right sounds good um uh, byron did you catch wind of that uh star trek voyager documentary I did, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, so I, I got emails directly from the production company because I uh, was a contributor to the Deep Space Nine Kickstarter that was huh. the same production company. Yeah, so this has become the most crowdfunded documentary ever at ever this of point. All, of all time, yeah. Yeah. Which is only, it's it's just north of a, a million dollars, which is actually weird that it's that low, I guess, for a documentary, but... Yeah. Apparently, the previous record holder was a Frank Zappa documentary. That makes sense. Yeah, so Zappa, little... Zappa heads are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Zappa heads. Yeah. yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah, this should be interesting. Um, I think there's a. I think there's a lot more behind the scenes uh, stuff to talk about with Voyager than where with ds9 it was just like man wasn't this amazing and we're aren't we all just so talented and amazing and great uh <laughs> with voyager i think there's gonna be significantly less of that <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot to chew on <laughs> a lot more pointing fingers and um i mean just off the top of my head i can name like at least a a dozen like horrible things about the production of star trek voyager the most significant of which is that the Native American. Um, I knew this one was the one you were going to pick. The Native American, uh, like cultural coordinator that they had for the show, mm. um, was a complete and utter fucking fraud. Yeah, he was not Native American. He was well known in the community in Hollywood to not be Native American. Um, he was just a white dude that one day in the 1980s was like, I'm going to pretend I'm a Native American. <laughs> and he lied 
to the producers of Star Trek Voyager for the entire seven seasons of the show. And he got away with it. Oh, my God. Yep. That wouldn't happen to be the same guy who was the the crying. Yep. uh, Same guy. Oh, the same guy. It's literally the same guy. Oh, geez. He's actually, I think, Italian. Yeah. Yeah. But he's not Native American at all. Oh, not at all. Not a drop of blood. Yeah. The the crying, recycling uh, Native American. Yeah, oh American. boy! So not a Native American. Not a Native American. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Oh boy. One more bit of Netflix news. Um, so again, this is another one that I still have to jump on, uh, even though you accidentally jump on it. I jump oh. on it. Keep us at bay. Woo! <laughs> so even though you uh, accidentally spoiled it for us a podcast or two ago, uh, Knives Out. Uh, oh so- shit! That's right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> It's all good. I just um, thought, anyways. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to still watch it because uh, it's fucking fantastic. Even even despite the fact that you know the twist, you're probably gonna like it just as much. Yeah. And uh, apparently, a lot of people agree that it was uh, good enough for two sequels. Of which yeah, Netflix, it's four hundred million dollars worth. Netflix just won a bidding war for about what was it four fifty? Four hundred fifty million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. To acquire. Uh, Knives Out 2 and 3. So they're taking Daniel Craig's uh, detective character and just running with him on some other mysteries. So so I, there's been some speculation as to if that's all the money that they're giving to him, period. Or if that's the money that they're using to produce the movies. And he gets his cut out of that. Yeah, me. I don't know. And, and I, I, nobody's been able to confirm whether which is it. Because uh, the first one was shot for, I think, $60 million. So unless he somehow quadruples the budget of each of them twice, you know, he's like still got some money left over. <laughs> if Netflix is throwing that shit around, they can afford to give me my fourth season of Glow. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I wanted. Well, I mean, that seems to be the MO with Netflix is uh, they're more interested in putting out new content than to co- than continuing to put out existing content. Well, not only that, but it's the three season three season thing. Like the contracts skyrocket after three seasons of a show. Yeah. yeah. What's interesting is um, another one that Meg and I fell in love with. Um, Atypical was uh, was yeah, that canceled. Uh, no, no, they actually are giving them a fourth and final season coming up. Mm. Um, so it uh, it was one of the few that managed to break past that season three threshold. With Netflix. you know, I, I, it is closer in line to the way that television is handled internationally. Um, like Americans have just sort of gotten used to we get of nine seasons at twenty two episodes per season. <laughs> Uh, of of shows that eventually drive us insane you know (laughs) (laughs) um it's like why am i still watching this it's fucking stockholm syndrome Um, that's how we do it here (laughs) because like i mean say what you will yeah say what you will about nine seasons but like season eight and nine of most shows are fucking terrible (laughs) you need six seasons in a movie that's that's the golden rule that's the magic number. Yeah. Well, speaking of Harmon, actually, uh, we got a season five trailer for Rick and Morty dropped. 
Um, I saw that. That yeah. White Stripes song was amazingly perfect. It was, yeah. That uh, premiere and date. Uh, Rick and Morty babies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, Meg pointed out, uh, and I totally agree. I love that most everything shows the entire family is joining in on the adventures now. Where originally it used to be just mainly Rick and Morty. And and sometimes summer. Sometimes <laughs> summer, yeah. Uh, but now it looks like everybody's just always along for the ride. They just accepted like, fuck, this is our lives now. <laughs> and it makes for more, more variety, more fun, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, let's see. Do I have anything else? Uh, Walking Dead final season premieres on my birthday, actually, August 22nd. I so, saw, yeah, know. I saw the, the like teaser that they put up earlier today. Is this the, the two year final season that's going to? Yeah, like 24 out? episodes. 24 episodes, yeah. Yeah. They tacked on like six bonus episodes to this previous season, which are even me as, as you know, as forgiving of the show that I, that I have been and I love the show, that it definitely feels like filler. Like it's like this is the best we could do under COVID conditions um and they actually they came out and said that specifically they're like these these six episodes are going to be a little different they're kind of like smaller character pieces like there's two episodes that are just like carol and daryl like off in the woods because it's easier to shoot you know small casts during yeah. covid um that it means you can you can it means you can shoot uh, you can cut the production crew by a third because you don't need like a million pas running around yeah and then the final one of the uh, of the six bonus ones is coming up. That's going to be the Negan backstory with uh, here's with, Negan. Uh, yeah, with uh, Hillary Burton, his real life wife, playing his wife. Lucille. Is that just going to be one episode, or is it going to be like a feature length episode or something? Uh, I think it's just a one episode. Okay. Um, they seem to be putting like a lot of emphasis on this episode. Yeah. So. It's because people love Negan, or they used to love Negan. Well, I think it's all. I think it's also because here's Negan was a was like a prequel comic that they put out as a one shot oh, after okay. after something happened to the main character in the comics. Um, so they're doing a direct or a somewhat adaptation of that comic. Yeah. So here's Negan came out shortly after the the final issue of Walking Dead. And okay. it was, I think it was a two or three episode mini and it was Negan's backstory. Okay. Oh. They did the same thing with the governor, by the way. They did a, uh, a little mini um, about the governor. I think it was three or four issues. I can't remember. Okay. Um, way back in the day, like 2010 or 2011. That's how long Walking Dead has been going. Like the governor feels like a lifetime ago. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was 10 years ago, man. It was yeah. more than 10 years ago. Oh my God. The, the walking the, the governor on walking dead the tv show was more than 10 years ago god damn <laughs> i mean he was he was he was been around as recently as like five or six years ago yeah. i don't even know if that's the case i think i think the last time we saw the governor alive was like seven years ago yeah i don't remember now hmm. 2014 when First I think of him, though, was 2010, October 31st, 2010. Yeah, so I guess we hadn't been introduced to the governor yet in the TV show. When I show up to what third season? Yeah, it's a third uh, yeah, third season sounds about right. When I think still, they're still on the farm in yeah. season two. Uh, no, they're at the prison by th season. Th 
Oh yeah, yeah. Season two, yeah. there's season the two is the the fucking farm because they never fucking leave the farm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, they introduce Except to Negan. go get condoms once. Yeah, they they introduce Negan. Uh, like sh- I think very. Yeah, because they don't even find the prison. Negan is a while after the prison. Yeah, Negan. Oh, yeah. So yeah, the yeah. governor is completely gone by the time we even get a glimpse of Negan. Okay. I, I met the governor. Um, yeah, the, go- the yeah we don't even see the governor until season three. So uh, when I think back to him, though, I can't separate him from that hilarious uh, bad lip reading video. Do you ever watch those on YouTube? Oh, just God. the Yodo one with the singles. Yeah. The, yeah, the bad lip read. So yeah, they used to do just bad lip reads, and then eventually they got into songs and shit. And um, the governor, I think, was one of the first ones. There's a scene where uh, the governor actually goes to Rick, and they have a little like uh, parlay, and he oh yeah like tries to map out like here's my here's here's my land, this is yours. Like let's uh... <laughs> when they they meet in the they meet in the shack. Yeah, and everyone's waiting outside. Yeah, but there's there was a bad lip reading video on that channel where he just breaks out into like a full Broadway song and it ends up like <laughs> it's just so fucking perfect. It's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, I I I rewatched season one through seven in quarantine. So oh well, yeah. yeah. Um. Oh, speaking of this, isn't really newsworthy. I, I'm. I guess it might be news to some people, but. Have you 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 have Disney Plus? Yeah. Have you seen the new category there for vintage Star Wars? <laughs> oh yeah, it's got so, the Ewok adventure. Um, yeah, the the two Ewok live action Ewok movies, the and then Clone the Wars cartoon. Yeah, and and yeah. Uh, Tatovsky's Clone Wars. Yeah, so good. Yeah, good times, and some like cartoon that I've never seen before. The no, no, I, I didn't see droids on there. What I saw was something called The Story of the Faithful Wookiee. Wait, what? That's part of the uh, holiday special. Oh, yeah, that, that's a clip. That's that's one of the segments from the Star Wars holiday special. Oh, but, shit. But since Lucas has said, like, you can never show the holiday special, they're going to do it. They're going to do the same thing with Boba Fett. They're cutting out Boba Fett's sequence, animated sequence from the Star Wars holiday special, and they're going to put it on Disney+. Plus. Oh, wow. <laughs> at this point just like just put it up just fucking put it up anybody who like anybody who really not... wants to watch it can see it i'm sure you can yeah find it online. And, and they i mean I, I i sort of understand why because once everybody watches it they're just gonna be like oh i get it now that's why <laughs> they never it. wanted to show why you that. didn't want us to see it because it's fucking boring as fuck but life day <laughs> no because it, it's literally it's just fucking boring i mean like the last time i i, I like watched it with some buddies while we were stoned out of our minds like seven or eight years ago and like halfway through one of our buddies was like dude can we just turn it off <laughs> <laughs> and they're like just stop <laughs> please stop <laughs> oh man you know i have uh i've uh, this past week i've finally been catching up with my uh arrowverse um with the whole, all the new seasons of that and uh the new superman and lois show which our pal david harding was obsessing over fangirling over 
I got to say, I'm really impressed. Uh, it does not. It's got a different vibe than the other CW superhero shows. Like there's a whole like the whole level of camp has definitely. I will say the, the trailer when I watched it, I was yeah. like, huh, this is this seems significantly more palatable than most Arrowverse shows. Yeah, the uh, where where the Arrowverse shows kind of became um, the characters and the emotional storylines and everything just became uh, kind of like fodder for the uh, for the main plot. Like they kind of all got wrapped up in plotty plotness and all of that. Yeah, like, nobody makes decisions in those shows. They get plotted. Exactly. Uh, this has flipped the script. This feels it genuinely like a uh, believable family drama in within this superhero universe. And thus far they have not intermingled with the other shows. It's just strictly them in small, well, spoiler for the first episode, they, uh, they, the family uh, move back to Smallville and they're raising their two boys. Um, so it's, it's modern family, but with Clark Kent. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> um, and just dealing with, you know, my dad is fucking Superman and I'm a teenager trying to just deal with my own teenager shit and holy fuck. Wait, Superhero teenagers already? <laughs> Huh? They're teenagers already? Uh, yeah, I think officially in the... Uh, they did uh, like a time jump after... Uh, yeah, in, in the Arrowverse world uh, with Crisis, they, uh, they aged them up and... Um, well, I think originally, originally was in the Arrowverse. They only had one one kid, and post crisis, when everything's rebuilt, they uh, they suddenly have two now, and they're they're in their teens. So, in the comics, for the last like uh, five or six years, um, Superman had a son, and that's been the major the major Superman comics since at least uh, I think Rebirth. Um, or I think it even New 52? No, I think it's Rebirth. Um, they give Superman and Lois a son and that's the main storyline. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I'm like, so, so in the show, actually, um, one of the kids is, seems to be developing powers and the mm. other so far seems to be a normal teenage boy. So obviously that, you know, can, you know, leads for more Cain and Abel thing going on. Struggle and drama. They're they're not. It, it feels good. They're not forcing like you know. It's not like they're arch enemies or anything. Like they're the whole family seems to be like you know loving and caring for each other. Even though like they're two teenage boys. Like even without powers, they're gonna get on each other's nerves and shit. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm like three four episodes in, but I'm I'm really loving the shit out of it. So I. I'll probably I'll probably check it out because I you're not the only person that I've heard who's been yeah. fond of it. So, and uh, and Tyler Hecklin and Elizabeth Tullock make a fucking great uh, Lois and Clark. I'm I'm really digging them. Like when he first showed up in the Arrowverse, I was kind of meh. Um, maybe just because I wanted to see Brandon Routh put on the cape again. <laughs> but uh, well, but he did. He, and he did. Yeah, he got his chance. Uh, but he's Tyler Hecklin has definitely grown on me and. Uh, and he's playing up, he, he does a really good job of, um, you know, he's being super dad and trying to figure that shit out. And uh, most of the time failing miserably because it's like, I'm at my son's football game and oh shit. I, I wish I could be I in two think, places at once. Yeah, no, yeah. The old tropey trope, but they're, they're, they're playing it well. So 
boom, Tony stamp of approval. Go watch it. Uh, but in the meantime, we got another episode of our Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, and and their their new number three buddy, fucking Zemo. <laughs> Who fucking I Zemo, man! Like I was not Zemo. expecting this turn of character for Zemo. I was not expecting. I was not prepared for how much fun he is. <laughs> so I don't know if you guys know very much about Zemo in the comics, but in the comics, Zemo is a literal Nazi. Yeah, he's an asshole. <laughs> he's he's a literally a Nazi. Yeah, he believes that like white, like white like Aryans are the homo superior, you know, uh-huh. and that like Jews have to die, you know? So I wasn't exactly expecting to be uh, having the lulls with Zemo. <laughs> Euro club kid Zemo. <laughs> oh my God. Seriously. I, I, I said in the text chat to them, uh, you know, I, I partied with, with kids like Zemo. I was expecting him to break out hits of ecstasy and offer them to Sam. Yeah, I that... like how there's already like a gif going around of him dancing in the club. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> yeah, that's the the ecstasy is in the extended cut. <laughs> you know, like you know he's like gonna break out like like when they're in his his place or in, in um in Sharon's place. I was half expecting him to like break out like a vinyl and be like, "Hey, do you have a do you have a vinyl player? Because I have this like um this." limited edition david bowie pressing of let's dance from 1982 (laughs) by the way off topic but just because i think about it and then i forgot to talk about it is the end credit music reminds me of law and order (laughs) (laughs) what it means is the dun 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 Oh, when the when the electric guitar yeah yeah it's very uh law and order mcu (laughs) yeah it's um it didn't occur to me before and then they they just they they lay it out very brilliantly these they address him as baron zemo and yeah. as they're boarding his private jet he's like they're like so you were rich this whole time he's like i'm a baron I, like i am I was. a baron yeah i was yeah, no, until, i was a baron yeah until your friends like destroyed my country but whatever <laughs> he said like his family was royalty yeah yeah um, but yeah, we got uh, we got uh, some pretty amazing action with a disillusioned Sharon Carter, who is now John Wick. Dude, uh, she was fucking amazing. Yeah. So I have a lot of thoughts about Sharon. Okay, go for it. I got a lot of thoughts about Sharon. Go for it. Speak your piece. So Sharon Carter in the comics is a very interesting character. She 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 dated. Like that in the comics, they dated for quite some time, like a long, long time. Um, and who dated her? Captain America, Steve Rogers. Um, and I know it's very weird because that's a whole level of a granddaughter in the comics. She's the granddaughter of Peggy Carter, so um, very, very weird, by the way. Um, but Sharon in the comics is supposed to be this like very, very like raw raw america like in like uh, there was a whole thing during civil war um where she yikes shot steve rogers and killed him 
Um, and so she killed Captain America, but she was being controlled by the Red Skull when it happened, so it wasn't really her fault. Um, but uh, other than that, Sharon is supposed to be like this unimpeachable character, right? And like even during Secret Empire, what I'm reading right now, like uh, Cap turns out to be a Hydra sleeper agent, and he's like, "Oh hey, you know, are you are you still my girlfriend?" And she's like, "Eat a bag of dicks, you piece of shit! I want you to die." Um, so I, I'm not mad that they changed her character by any means. I don't really have that sort of allegiance to anyone's character unless it's uh, unless it's like doing something really that is disrespectful to the character. Um, what I am a little concerned about is how how mad she is. <laughs> she's very, very mad and I get why she's mad, but it's also that um, I also think that she's the power broker. Yeah, I thought about that too. I definitely thought about that. But because I mean, for an episode called The Power Broker, yeah. or just Power Broker, there was not very much Power Broker in that episode. Uh-huh. Or was there? It kind of solidified it for me after they uh, they escaped the uh, shipping yard, or they part ways. And yeah, she's got Zemo, a car waiting it, for her? Yeah, she's got a car waiting for her. Casually. Yeah, when she got in that car, I was, I was like, wait, what? Where'd that yeah. car come from? And yeah. how did she find, you know, where the yes. lab was going to be so quickly? Mm-hmm. And how is she living, like, she just murdered, like, a fuck ton of dudes, even just escaping the club, and they just go to back to her place, and she's fine. You know, mm-hmm. like, and she's got all these, like, suits of armor and stuff, and I'm just like, what? <laughs> so, I, I realized that they had to be, they had to be, if they're going to change Sharon Carter's character that dramatically... They're not just going to do it for a one-off thing about how she's disgruntled. No, there's got to be something more to it than that. I don't know. I mean, it does make sense. She was part of S.H.I.E.L.D. and, you know, was fully invested in the cause and everything. And then S.H.I.E.L.D. fell. That all fell apart. It's like, oh, wow. Hydra. Awesome. Um, And then still trying to do what she felt was right, um, you know. Help out enemy of the state. Yeah, now enemy of the state. And doesn't, and then, and then, doesn't get a pardon like everyone else does. Because she's a woman. And not, uh, <laughs> you know, buddy-buddies with the Avenger, or not officially an Avenger, or whatever the fuck. You know, she you know, didn't get the same uh, the same courtesy. And therefore, she, her entire if life... She does, if she does end up being the power broker... Which I'm pretty convinced of at this point. Mainly, and honestly, I think the biggest thing is, is the episode being named the the Power Broker. I think that is the most significant clue because there was no Power Broker in that Power Broker episode unless there was, and it was Sharon. Um, So that's my uh, most significant thing. If she does end up being the Power Broker, Mm -hmm. I really want them to give her a good reason and not some mealy mouth bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Um, in the meantime, I was waiting the whole episode for the uh, for the sudden but inevitable betrayal from Zemo. Uh, yeah, where I... you just ended up being just a barrel of fun. 
And I'm like, I'm conflicted. Oh, it makes now. me so uncomfortable. It makes me so uncomfortable. <laughs> I know. But you know, of course, because of this comic's history, they can't they 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 can't the ship has sailed at this point like he is no longer a nazi they cannot even allude to it they can't like he even he even mentioned hitler yeah and 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 was like hey what a bad dude he was or i don't remember what he said but that's what i was like oh yeah they're they have passed that the passed the point of no nazi yeah Uh, yeah of course yeah they're they're cutting those ties what i'm wondering now is how uh uh, what direction are they going to go from here with him? Are they going to keep him um, for the long run as, with this like wobbly alliance? Or will he eventually do the... I think he's going to betray them at the end. Yeah, it's like... it's. it's I, I think it's inevitable. I don't think that there's any getting around that. Yeah. At unless, the same time, like, I unless they're going the to... way... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I, at the same time, because we know how predictable that storyline would play out, I almost want them to prove me wrong and impress me by not going that stereotypical route. Maybe there's another big bad that they have to face, but maybe he ends up like legitimately keeping his word as opposed to like every other storyline we've seen in this scenario where a former bad guy, a former villain, like has this like shaky alliance, like I'll help you for this one thing. And then eventually I'm going to betray you. What if he actually doesn't? I think the I think the only (laughs) I think the only way that they'll be able to do that is if they're looking to use Zemo for something like Thunderbolts. Exactly. Mm -hmm. They've got their own built-in Suicide Squad. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's what I I think that that's why they're trying to rehabilitate him uh, is because they're setting us up for a Thunderbolt show. Yeah. And if that's the case. I'd be down. All right. Um, I, I did. It still does make me a little uh, uncomfortable because he is so blatantly a Nazi in the comics that, like, <laughs> it makes it. I know it's just it's a fucking fictional character, right? But like, uh-huh. there still is even subconsciously there seems to be some sort of like whitewashing of history going on there in terms of like, oh he was a Nazi, but now that we want to use him, he's no longer a Nazi mm. um, type of situation. Anyways, I'm, I, okay. I, I do have to say though, that I, the whole breaking him out of prison thing did not sit well with me. <laughs> yeah. Did not sit well with me. The whole thing was handled so poorly. Uh, everyone who t- is like, Hey, shouldn't you be like, you broke him out of prison. What the fuck? They're all super fucking right, and there's no fucking reason they should have done that. Yeah. Um, like well, it was a nice. Ha- oh, go ahead. Have him break out on his own, but oh my god, he's a fucking terrorist. He blew up the UN. There's there's no conscionable reason that you should be breaking this motherfucker out of prison. Anyway, yeah. there's no reason. It did feel um, like you know Bucky explaining to Sam like what happened uh, it felt like maybe just for time for episode time it felt like they got over that conflict pretty fucking quick like oh, sam yeah. just kind of went on board yeah. and it was like i mean like, it's, it do and then it did like, allow oh, it right. did allow the dora malaje to show up at the end of the the episode and i think that's yeah. interesting yeah that'll um, be really good uh, but what i'm definitely realizing is that this show does not have good plotting 
it is i mean we mentioned this from the beginning but it's be it's becoming very clear to me at this point that this is not a show that it's particularly well thought out in terms of the structure to be honest i'm confused like most of the time and i chalk it up to the fact that i just i don't know a whole lot of like storyline in terms of comics or lore or i wasn't paying enough attention to the previous movies to really understand relationships in the show or maybe it's just bad storytelling but i'm lost like most of the the show i've noticed this with a lot of modern action oriented tv shows that i feel like the plotting of my my favorite shows in the 90s and 2000s was significantly better and especially with like x-files star trek the next generation deep space nine like those shows the plots of those shows all really most of the time made a lot of sense and you could get and and you got from one place to another uh the 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 plot of these movies very much feels like kurtzman plotting Orky and Kurtzman plotting of the like the Transformers movies in that they don't make any fucking sense at all. Um, they make enough sense to get to the next action set piece. And that's it. And that's all it is, is that we we don't even bother make having anything make sense because we don't have enough time to get to the next set piece. To be fair, one of the greatest masterpieces of all time, Raiders of the Lost Ark, was written from action sequence to action sequence. And they just kind of threw a plot in there. Yeah, but the but way that they well. get to each set piece flows very naturally. Yes, correct. I mean, they literally, they like flow from one set piece to another, but but that's also the editing in those movies makes the visual storytelling much more effective. The mm-hmm. editing in these movies, because they're shooting on green screens and they're doing like quarter reverse turns and shit like that, like the the flow of these of the storytelling doesn't make sense because they literally don't have good enough editing to make it make sense as well as the the writing being shit or at least the plotting um the character stuff at all and, and it's the same stuff that i said about last week's episode uh, like the zemo stuff and the sharon stuff anytime we had dialogue about people and things rather than machinations i really liked it Mm. uh the the breaking out of prison thing did not work for me and then as soon as they got to the next mcguffin which was the as soon as they saw that scientist dude i was like he's dead yeah (laughs) he will be dead by the end of this scene (laughs) he will be dead by the end of the scene and yeah sure enough but the other thing is that they did not give that moment enough like room to breathe enough room to breathe yeah like so he died and i was oh well there goes the super soldier serum that no one has been able to recreate in 60 years oh just disappeared again too bad (laughs) and the ominous uh the ominous camera panning on the vials for like 10 20 seconds seconds. yeah Yeah. it was just it was too much and i don't know it's just like little production stuff like that that really gets to me if you want this to be as impactful as you're trying to tell us that it is you have to make it you have to sell it better you have to or else uh because I, I, that's i mean also they they effectively alluded to the fact that they which it wasn't even that hard to 
understand that they got the super soldier serum from Isaiah Bradley. Mm -hmm. It it feels like this whole thing needed a little bit, uh, a couple, a couple of extra rewrites on the whole thing. They -hmm. needed more time. If, if I was a screenwriter, I would have saved the Isaiah Bradley reveal for the third act because and then you would have found out that the super serum super soldier serum came from isaiah bradley and then you would find out after the fact that there was a black superhero that was tortured that makes much more narrative and logistical sense anyways so what you're saying is they don't make TV shows like they did in the 90s. And these, new writers so, need yeah. to, these new TV shows need to Fucking get off my lawn. Man. <laughs> man yells at uh, cloud. Uh, I did like the, the moment with, uh, or the moments with the, um, uh, I don't recall the characters' names at all, but the two. Um, Flag smashers. Super Soldier, Flag Smashers, thank you. Um, and the uh, growing conflict between them. The main the main chick who... Oh, yeah, and she's just, like, randomly like, murdered a bunch of dudes. Yeah, and she... Yeah, we didn't like, get is, any moment with that to make like, it, like... They went feel... from freedom fighters helping civilians to suddenly war criminals. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. The, the guy was uh, obviously... Like, well, he was perturbed, about, definitely. Like, what the fuck did you just do? There were people in there, and she's like, this is the only language they understand. And, you know. See, I'm kind of bored with that whole storyline, to be honest. And I think it's just because we don't have enough about the Flag Smashers. And they're not even the final villain villains. They're just the ones yeah. being manipulated to fight. And again, like you're, I'm kind of confused as to what their purpose actually is. You know, they've vaguely said that they're just trying to recreate the world before or during the the blip, during the blip, Mm -hmm. but then they're doing all of this terrorism shit. And I'm just like, I, are you good guys? Are you bad guys? I don't understand what the conflict is here, Mm -hmm. to be honest. Well, IRA members would call themselves the good guys. So I think that's the, that's the, yeah, depending on. And Which that's the other thing is that like I'm not even con- I'm not even convinced they're being manipulated anymore. I don't yeah, think they are right. being manipulated. I think that's it. I think that's just it. I think that they are the big bad. Yeah, I, I think, think you're they right. Are the villain, and I think Sharon Carter is the power broker, yeah. and she may be like trying to extract or use them for her own goals, but mm-hmm. they are using her just as much as she's using them. So, yeah. And then we'll still eventually have to deal with uh, John Walker, which I, my dumb, I didn't even realize that uh, Wyatt Russell, that's a uh, Kurt Russell's kid. Yeah. It's Kurt Russell's son. Yeah. And I totally see it now with the jaw and everything. Yeah. Um, Dude, that jaw is a jaw. <laughs> that's a jaw. <laughs> uh, it's even more of a jaw with that little strap from his helmet. Yeah. On that it, yeah. Mr. Magoo looking motherfucker. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh um, yeah, we we it was definitely John Walker light this episode. We just got the little glimpse of him at the beginning, uh, you know. Uh, so the, I, I'm starting to think that John Walker is not going to be as villainous as we think that he's going to be. Maybe not, but he's still proving himself to be a dick because he used that line at any any fucking. Do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? Yeah, anybody, nobody, nobody looks ever, good after that. Yeah. Anybody who's ever been in customer service who has if heard you ever, that line. If you ever like, <laughs> hear yourself saying, 
you, you need to go to timeout and yep. think about your life. Yes. If you ever utter those words or anything equating to, do you know? Because the I answer am? is almost yeah. always Fuck no. Yeah. And yeah. I don't care. Exactly. It's, it's uttered only to receive special treatment based on your imagined status. That is yeah. the Karen line. Yes. <laughs> Do you know who I am? Do you just, see this hair? <laughs> yeah, just put on a really crappy blonde wig. What did, what did Battlestar say to him? That was like really profound. I don't even remember. I don't remember at all. That's the only thing I remember from that, that scene. Yeah. <laughs> just that line. Just, that just him being a dick. Yep. That uh, that took me back to call center days. I had flashbacks. <laughs> yeah, this was definitely my least favorite episode. Um, but m- almost all of it that my m- most fond memories are all Zemo related. <laughs> it's it's sad. Zemo, Zemo dancing. The part of Zemo like looking at the art. Yeah. Like I, I'm I'm still having fun with it because uh, of all of that, all the character stuff. Good times. All the plot. Yeah. Meh. You know that Zemo was the kid who got a Neo Geo like in 1994 when he was like 10 years old, you know, or like seven years old. And he had all the games, too. Oh, yeah. Asshole. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. All right, guys. Any other bits of news? Anything I might have missed? I I thought for a second we were going to get Todd's uh, Todd's friend who's uh, a gamer. Um, Yeah, we didn't really have anything to talk about this week uh, with him. Well, and it's Easter. His family is pretty religious, so this is a a, a big holiday for them. So they're at home yeah. spending time with. Family. Yeah, there 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 wasn't very much uh, gaming news this week either. All, all we really weeks. got was uh, Skywalker Saga. The Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga is delayed. That's kind of expected. Rona related stuff. Uh, Cyberpunk finally got its 1.2 big patch. So, and I played it, and I still within literally one minute of booting up the game, I had at least six visual bugs. <laughs> so by yeah, the time I actually get around to playing it, it hopefully should be all patched up. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking back to The Witcher 3's first release, and it, it wasn't as bad as this, but it was still kind of kind of bad. It was still it was still pretty bad. Well, like I remember oh, one bug that still persists to this fucking day is Roach randomly showing up on top of buildings and trees. <laughs> and, I've seen so many memes of that. They haven't managed to nail that bug down yet. So what? The game came out like seven years ago. Yeah, it still happens. <laughs> I, I saw one of the major um, uh, little goofy things, screw ups that they fixed with this patch for cyberpunk was uh there's a giant neon sign uh for night city as you are leaving the city and night was spelled wrong it was was actually typoed it was (laughs) n-i-g-t-h it was night city (laughs) wow good old qc yep so yeah. here, here is actually one of my one of my uh, passions that uh, is unexpected. Fucking No Man's Sky. You remember that shit? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It has been slowly and slowly, patch after patch, becoming a really fucking good game. I've like, heard that. Yeah. So much so that I would recommend anybody play it. Like if you like sort of open world, mm. like chill 
like go well, at your own pace kind of game. This is an interesting story because uh, it 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 launched on Xbox Game Pass last year, and I tried. I I was like, oh, and there's a VR mode for it, so I was like, oh, I'm gonna play No Man's Sky in VR. I went to install it. It installed. I tried to boot it up, and every single time I tried to play the game for like three months, it would crash to the desktop. Oh shit. Oh, wow. And it was some a- AMD GPU bug, and there's literally nothing you can do about it. So I was like, well, fuck this. I'm just never going to play this game then. And wow. I never have. Jeez. There you go. Might try it again after the new patch. I have an NVIDIA was... GPU now, so I probably can play it. Yeah. Okay. But there, there's another new patch that just came out, and their patches are gigantic. They always add so much, like new stuff uh new different things like they're completely redoing some of the biomes again um there's new creatures there's new uh ships to to do there's new customization stuff and uh much more co-op is the big focus of this patch Uh, like you can start together on the same world um, whereas in previous you kind of had to find uh find yourselves or find your friends or whatever or jump to them but you can actually start together on the same world now and uh, build bases together and all kinds of stuff so it's just a m- multiplayer focused match and there's giant mechs now which you can uh, create i'm always so. i'm always vr i don't know vr mechs that that might get me actually that's cool I uh, I finally fired up uh, Doom Eternal on this sexy beast of a laptop, and it is good fucking times. <laughs> uh, if you enjoy hyper fast paced uh, demons attacking you from all corners and uh, metal blasting in your ears, uh, you're in for a good ride. Um, and uh, yeah, especially when you can fire everything up on ultra settings. <laughs> um, and this is a good time to get into it because they they released the uh, part two of the uh, the what is it the, the first gods or elder gods uh, DLC whatever it's called, which they say according to like the summary of it, essentially they're they're ending the they're concluding the Doom Slayers story with that. Oh, um, interesting. That DLC. So. Um, yeah, that's when, a lot when of is when is Mortal Kombat coming? Oh, that got pushed back a week, so that's coming April twenty-eighth, I think. But it's but it's this month. Yeah, it's still this month. Okay. So it's very soon. The movie? Yeah. 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 We should um, have a Mortal Kombat episode. That sounds fun. I was gonna try to uh, uh, watch uh, Godzilla versus Kong, um, but I haven't had time. We we just finally I watched, watched it. I watched it right before the podcast because you asked me if I was going to watch it. I know. <laughs> and then we got busy with other shit. Uh, we'll we'll but, watch it. Th- we'll, we'll all watch it this week and we'll talk about it next, next week. Well, next week is Godzilla vs. Kong. Yeah, but we finally watched for the first time uh, King of Monsters, the last one, the uh, Godzilla one. I haven't seen I that one either. I have to watch it too. I remember hearing a lot of shit about it. Uh, I actually thoroughly enjoyed it. I mean, it, it delivers its promise. It's a big, dumb kaiju movie. And, uh, you know, you got Eleven from Stranger Things and uh, that that one actor who's a, a dad and everything, um, Kyle Chandler. Uh, and he's really good in it. And it uh, did uh, record-breaking Rona numbers. It was the highest-grossing film during the Rona era of theaters. Made, like, $48 million. Oh, you're, you're talking the new one. The new one. Uh, the new one. Oh, okay, yeah. I was talking about 
King of Monsters, the last Godzilla one. Oh, um, it has the same yeah. dude. Yeah, but uh, Godzilla versus Kong, yeah, it seems to be killing it for Rona. Um, oh, yeah, and in that last one, that last Godzilla one, we got uh, uh, Tywin Lannister as well. Um, <laughs> Charles Dance as the, uh, the eco-terrorist guy who, you know, sicks all the monsters on the world and everything. Yeah which I think we were talking about a few days ago in chat and just made me want to go back and watch a bunch of his movies. Go back and watch Last Action Hero. (laughs) (laughs) Man, we should do a Last Action Hero episode because I want to rewatch that movie and talk about it. (laughs) Well, yeah, Todd and I were just chatting about it the other day and then we got to talking about his, that is his probably number one. Schwartz Number two. Number Number two. True Lies is still number one. Realize. yeah I hey, think predator oh, fuck i've got predator jesus oh this is tough. i told you i told you we should bring we should do like a top five or a top ten schwarzenegger film this is a schwarzenegger fest <laughs> byron top five schwarzenegger films go uh probably well predator um jingle all the way <laughs> what, what? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh terminator oh, 2 um uh, what's the one where he plays a Russian? Red uh, Heat. Red oh, Heat. Oh, Red yeah. Heat. Yes. Um, <laughs> I've never seen that in full. Uh, the Running Man. Like definitely last last TBS action classic. hero. Um, mm-hmm. Twins is pretty good. Twins is amazing. Twins is a classic. I would have to at least say for absolutely sure. Um, True Lies, T two, Predator. Uh, beyond that. Who was supposed uh, to play? Wasn't wasn't Van Damme supposed to play the Predator in Predator? Yeah, uh, in the original version, they had him in this weird. The suit was completely different. It was he had this weird, like elongated, like praying mantis sort of head, <laughs> and he was like completely covered, so there was no Van Damme whatsoever. So it could have been any like you know character actor in there. So it was before they brought in Stan Winston. I think so. Or it might have been the Stan Winston original concept. I'm not sure now. I don't know who did the effects originally, but it was it was a weird other like wonky looking alien, very much more alien. And, uh, you know, as opposed to more humanoid, just with a bulldog from hell face, uh, <laughs> a vagina dentata face. Uh, but yeah, Van Damme, like he was there for like a couple days and then got pissed he's like what am i even doing here which you know rightfully so yeah and, you can't even see him yeah and he fucking bailed <laughs> and then and it's, then it's they, not like the predator's talking yeah and so then they reworked the the character and you know brought in uh uh what's his name again i'm forgetting the name now kevin michael some it's a three name kevin michael hall or kevin michael richardson Kevin Peter Hall. That's what Kevin it is. Peter Hall. That's right. Yeah. Thank you. Um, but yeah, that's one of those weird. I mean, just like, uh, just like, uh, you know, the behind the scenes stories of like Raiders. Like, can you imagine the? Can you imagine the alternate dimension, the parallel world where Tom Selleck was in fact Indy, <laughs> and uh, Marion was uh, Sean Young. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sean Young. Wow, that would have been interesting. Yeah. Then she never would have gotten cat. W- oh wait. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. 
All right, guys. Maybe we should probably uh, call it on this one. All right. I gotta go. Uh, I gotta go get a pastrami sandwich right about now. Oh, important things, important tests. All right, guys. Well, thank you for joining. This is Tony. This is Todd. This is Byron. And Meg. And Meg. Uh, enjoy your pastrami sandwich, and uh, go watch Godzilla vs Kong. So we're because we're going to talk about it next week. I already did. This is not a tumor. <laughs> and go do watch the chopper. Go watch Kindergarten Cop. <laughs> and bonus, number four. Watch, That's number four. Watch Kindergarten Cop two. Oh, Byron, are you not aware of Kindergarten Cop? What? Three? Oh, <laughs> guess who's in it? Mother Van Dam. Motherfucking Van Dam. I, I was just guessing. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's fucking true. Yeah, that's just crazy. No, no, I'm sorry. No, I'm it was Dolph not. Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren. I'm sorry, Dolph Lundgren. That makes more sense, but is also <laughs> slightly more satisfying. Yeah, it was what? Dolph Lundgren and Bill Bellamy. <laughs> <laughs> yep, 2016. How do you know this movie exists? 2016. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that's a thing. That should be. Maybe we'll do we'll we'll do a legit Schwarzenegger a thon, and then we'll just bonus that. But that'll be like a binge drinking episode. <laughs> have you guys seen Samurai Cop? No, no, can't say that I have. It's it's like a classic, terrible movie. Right. I saw Wolf Cop. Wolf Cop is good. <laughs> Was it though? I really enjoyed it, actually. <laughs> it, was, it was dumb fun. All right, guys. We're out of here. Adios. Hey, everybody. Bye.